Welcome back to the Oklahoma Adventist Podcast. Today, we're going to be sharing with you the devotional thought from Dr. George Rico of Southwestern Adventist University that was shared with the pastors on the first day of the 2023 pastors meetings at Wawoka Woods. In this devotional, Dr. Rico shared with us some thoughts about the three angels' messages of Revelation 14, and we hope that you will be as blessed by them as our pastors were. Good morning, pastors. Good morning. It, is a pre- it is a privilege. I, I'm really grateful for the opportunity. Thank you, Elder Shires, for the invitation and the opportunity to share with conference pastors, bring you greetings from Southwestern, special greetings from our Department of Religion, and our graduates who are sitting here this morning. We want to just let you know how much we still appreciate you and still think of you, and we're still grateful for making us proud. It is, it is a beautiful thing to be serving God there at the department. Dr. Davidson, greetings to you too. You may not remember me, but I enjoyed some of your classes when I was at the seminary. You were a blessing to me. Thank you so much. This morning, I wanted to, I wanted to bring some reflections from the book of Revelation, chapter 14. And as pastors, you may, you may all remember that Revelation 14 not only places a very historical significance, but also a theological one within our church. It's been a blessing every time we preach the message. We can see some results out of it. In, the, in chapter 14 of Revelation, we see a chapter that is structured, subdivided, if you please, in three segments. And the first segment is one that you will be looking at the 144,000 standing at Mount Zion. It's a segment that projects us into heaven, the redeemed. But when we come to the second segment, beginning in verses 6 and on to 12, now the whole vision comes back again to the earth. And now we see three proclamations, three great messages. We call them the three angels' messages. But chapter 14 doesn't end there. We still have a third segment, third part. And that is now a description of the second coming of Jesus. And when we look at especially the second and the third segments in Revelation 14, we will see that in each one of those two, we have three angels. In the second segment, we have the three angels with three messages being proclaimed previous to the coming of the Lord, preparing the world, for those final events. And once those three are proclaimed, then we see in the last one, another three angels. But these ones are now connected with 
the second coming of Jesus. So we have three prior to the coming, three with the coming of Jesus Christ. And as we look at the role of those three angels, I can only praise God for what Jesus is doing. Because we looked at chapter 14, and again, just some reflections. We can see in chapter 14, verse 14, the only description that is provided to us about Jesus right there in that chapter, where we are, where John is looking at a white cloud and one sitting in the white cloud and his likeness of the Son of Man, and he's having on his head a golden crown and in his head a sharp sickle. That's a description that is provided to us. The next thing that we read in verse 15, now we look at another angel. And it is interesting because that another angel is presented in the language like this is a, an angel that is quite similar to the previous three. So there is a whole connection right there. And that another angel, or that angel, comes out of the temple in heaven, and he cries with a great voice or a loud voice to the one who is sitting on the, crowd, on the, on the, on the cloud. And then he says, thrust your sickle and reap. And there is a little play on words right there. Thrust this, your sickle and reap because the hour to reap came for the reaping of the earth is, is matured. It's ready. So that first angel is now speaking to the Son of Man who is sitting on the cloud and is asking him, please thrust your sickle. And that is done. And the whole earth now that is ready, that is ripe, is then harvested. And that is Jesus involved in the act of harvesting but then when we go to the next verse, we see another angel. You want to call it the fifth? And this one also comes out from the temple. So it seems like whatever is happening has been already decided in the heavenly temple. And it is this one who comes out of the temple. He also has a sharp sickle in his hand. So it indicates that we're going to have two reapings, two harvestings taking place. One is by the one sitting on the cloud, by Jesus, and the other one by the angel. And then a sixth angel or another angel, and this one comes from the altar, he's having authority over fire, 
He also called with a loud voice to the one who is having the sharp sickle. And then he says, thrust your sharp sickle and gather. Now, this time is not reap. This time is gather the clusters from the vine of the earth. And he gathered the vine of the earth, and then he thrust that gathering into the winepress of the wrath or into the great winepress of the wrath of God. So now two reapings have taken place. Two gatherings have taken place. One by the Son of Man, one by Jesus, one by an angel. And as I look at those two events, comes to my mind Matthew 24, beginning in verses 29, 30, 31. Jesus describing that moment of his coming, and he's saying that when the Son of Man comes, he's going to be sending his angels, and the angels will be doing some gathering. But the thing that we don't read clearly there in Matthew 24 is the distinction. He only says that he's going to be sending his angels to do the gathering but he doesn't specify exactly how that gathering is going to happen, how ones will be gathered for one thing and another for another thing. But when we come to now Revelation 14, that distinction is made. Whereas some are harvested by Jesus, the others are gathered by an angel, and are thrust into a great winepress. And as I look at that, I want to praise my God. Because not only Jesus is fulfilling what he said back in Matthew 24, when he was still on earth, but Jesus himself is taking the time to come and reap his own. He's coming to take us home. He doesn't do that for the grapes, for the unrighteous. The unrighteous are gathered, are collected, however you want to call it, by an angel. Only those who will be found righteous will be harvested by Jesus, and he's going to take us home. So I praise my God for that. Jesus could have sent an angel. Or he could have just, he, he just could have said, come up here and just raise us up to meet him on the air. But instead, he just comes and he reaps. Another thing that gets my attention right in this passage, I read it. In the very last verse of chapter 14, verse 20, this angel 
who is charged with the task of gathering the clusters and throwing them into the great wine press of the wrath of God. Now, this uh, verse 20 describes the wine press, and it tells us that the wine press has been treaded, treaded on. It is outside of the city, and also with the stepping on the clusters, blood is coming out from the wine press. And that impresses me for a moment. Why is it that blood is coming out from that wine press? And it is from the grapes that have been gathered by this angel. And I can only think of one thing. When I go back to Genesis, chapter 2, verses 16 and 17, the Lord instructed Adam that he is allowed to eat from any tree that is in the garden, except from one. And that is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For the day that he eats from it, he will certainly die. He obeys, he lives, he disobeys, he dies. There will be a separation. But then when we read in chapter 3, we will see that both Adam and Eve disobeyed. And in verses 6 and 7, the only thing that happens is that their eyes are wide open. They see themselves naked, but they didn't drop dead. And that has led some individuals to develop different ideas, conjectures, maybe. Maybe God meant something else. Maybe God forgot. Maybe whatever. But it's not until chapter 3, verse 21, when I see exactly why is it that they didn't die. And the only thing that I see there is that God decided to remove those aprons that they have made out of leaves and cover them with aprons made out of skin. So it was not their blood at that moment that was going to pay for their disobedience. It was Jesus' blood, the blood of the Lamb, that was going to cover them. When I take that thought, whoever decides to be covered by the blood will be then returned to that home that was lost, whoever decides not to be covered by the blood will remain outside. And so when Jesus comes to the world and he dies, his blood is available to anyone who wishes to be covered by his blood. And when he returns, according to Revelation 14, and he is thrusting his sharp sickle, and he is reaping, he is harvesting the earth, 
who are the ones he is harvesting. The ones who chose to be covered by his blood. So then when we go into verse 20, chapter 14, why is it then that those clusters of grapes that are thrown into the wine press are now spilling blood from there? And the only thing that comes to my mind is, if you chose not to be covered by the blood of the Lord, the only thing that can happen is you're going to have to cover yourself with your own blood. And that's where I come back and I say, thank you, Jesus. Because I know my mistake has been covered. You're taking care of it. And if I remain by him, I don't need to worry about anything else. He'll cover me. I only need to worry if I chose not to be covered. Chapter 14 of Revelation then helps me see why is it that those 144,000 are in heaven. They're playing harps. They're singing a new song. They seem to be musicians. They're following the Lamb. It doesn't say that they're following Jesus. They're following the Lamb. And when I read Mount Zion playing harps, following the Lamb, the only thing that comes to my mind is sanctuary language. It seems those 144,000 are the Levites of the redeemed. And they have chosen to still present and be covered by the blood of the Lamb, that very same one that they chose to be covered by while on earth. May the Lord continue helping us value that blood of the Lord. May the Lord continue guiding us so that in our ministry, that blood, that sacrifice, the Lord could always be shining through. And in the end, we can all be harvested by him directly. May the Lord bless you, pastors. May the Lord continue giving us a good day and a good retreat. Be blessed. Thank you for listening to the Oklahoma Adventist Podcast. Throughout the year, we're going to be sharing with you seminars, sermons, and trainings that happen across our conference. So be sure to click subscribe so you're notified whenever new content is released.